0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Come
1: on now, let's give them our best praise, our best worship today, church. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Stay standing for just a minute. Because I want to greet all of our locations that are joining us right now. South Tampa, you look so great. I know we got a packed room in here. We got an overflow that's filling up also. We're excited about what God's doing here, but we're actually one church in multiple locations. So I want to greet the Heights and Brandon, St. Pete, North Tampa, those are watching online and our brand new newest campus that we just launched this year, they're having their first Easter right now. Can we give it up for Clearwater? We love what God's doing there. Celebrate you, Clearwater. And I know there's one more special group that's already been honored, but let me honor one more time. Maybe you're trying this thing for the very first time. Invited by a friend, you picked a great Sunday to be here. We say it often, but listen, if you're looking for a good church home, let me tell you, you don't need to look any further. You found it here at Radiant Church. So your church shopping's over. Welcome home to Radiant Church. Come on, Radiant, make our guests feel loved one more time. All right, you can fist bump your neighbor and be seated, be seated, be seated. Well, we have two traditions here at the church. That we do on easter and one of them we just did with katie where we declare that he has risen and he has risen indeed and the second one is something i want everybody to participate in at every location all staff all dream team all guests all regular attenders everybody can participate in this and in the seat back in front of you or if you're in a por- portable location you got it on your way in take out that annual easter survey annual easter survey where you can help us out, because this is the way that we really are able to guide and lead our church. We are led by the Holy Spirit and the annual Easter survey. Come on, somebody. So that helps us. And it's really four major things that we do. And people have asked me, they're like, Aaron, why in the world do you take precious time on Easter to do this survey every single year? And I say it's because it's the one Sunday everybody decided to show up on the same day. I'm a smart man, ladies and gentlemen. So, what it does is four major things. First of all, updated information. If, if, if you moved, if you have a different contact, we want to be able to care for you as your church. And we can't do that if we don't have the correct information. So updated information is very important. Second thing is that uh, we want to know where you want our next location to be. So we have launched multiple locations um, over the last few years. And by the way, we have it planned to launch two to three campuses in the next year, to God be the glory. I'm going to announce our newest campus in August, but I'm going to announce it based off of your annual Easter survey. So I want to know where it's going to be at. So let us know where that's going to be. Here's a third thing, is that I want to know what you want to hear, what the Bible says about, and then a subject right there. So fill it in or check a box right there. It helps me design our series to make sure that we're answering questions that you are asking. Um, Last year, one of the top responses off of the annual Easter survey was on spiritual warfare. And so I just took that. I went to work and designed a whole series that we ended up calling Battle Ready. It was off of Ephesians 6, and it was our most popular series of the year last year. So you helped me by filling this out. And the last thing I need from you guys is our prayer request a prayer request i want to know how we can be praying for you and our prayer teams at every campus our, our staff at every campus we're going to be praying over these over the next week so take some time over the next few minutes and fill them out on the back of it it says my decision today Do not fill that out. We will do that together at the end of the message today. And it's how you will apply the message to your life. All right. I know at some of our locations, we all ran out of notes. But uh, you can pick out, if you have notes, you can take them out. If you did not get notes today, you can open up our Radiant Church app and follow along. We are a note-taking church. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about this idea of life after loss. Life after loss. In the last two years, So many of you guys have dealt with tremendous loss, loss of a job, loss of a family member, loss of, of what you thought your career path was going to be. And and we've dealt with loss. Loss comes in all shapes and sizes. And and so to, before I get into it, I, I always think, when I think of loss, I think of frustration and, and dealing with burdens and struggles. And and I always think of this guy. He's kind of the meme meme guy. Not a mean guy, a meme guy. And you know who I'm talking about. This guy. Come on, how many know? I've seen this guy around. Like, And so this is kind of the look you make when you're just frustrated. You're just disappointed. Like you're, you're just Dealing with a little bit of struggle, you're like, you just make this face like, oh, are you serious? So I put some of these together. We always like to laugh together at church. So um, here, here's, here's the first one. I thought this one was pretty good. It's like when your kid picks up a basket of Easter eggs in 30 seconds, but takes them hours to pick up their dirty room. Come on. How many know? That's disappointment. You're just like, come on. Uh, here's another one. I thought this one was great. When your New Year's goal is to lose 10 pounds and you only got 15 to go. Come on, somebody. Uh, here, here's one more, here, I love this one. When your friend apologizes for running late, but then they walk in with Starbucks in their hand. That's disappointment right there. You Just give them that look. And here's the last one, you know I have to give you one more. It says it like this, when your loved one surprises you with a pet, but it's a cat. It's disappointment, come on, they're not real, Character, real pets, come on. So you, you, we deal with disappointment, but let's be real. We've dealt with it majorly over the last two years. And maybe it was a, a diagnosis and you thought God was going to heal you, but the diagnosis got worse. Or, or you got in the relationship, you thought it would head towards marriage, but you ended up breaking up. You got the great job and you thought you were going to get a promotion, but you ended up actually getting fired. You, you, you were really excited, you got married and you thought it was going to be a dream and it turned out to be a nightmare. You, you, you got married, you're ready for children and, and you haven't been able to, to have a child yet. We've all dealt with this. We've all struggled with loss. It comes in all shapes and sizes. And that is what the disciples and followers of Jesus felt 2,000 years ago at the very first Easter. Let me give you a little perspective. For three years, these men and women had followed around this teacher, this rabbi, this prophet named Jesus. They saw miracles, they heard teaching that blew their minds, They, they saw the miraculous. And then one day, on a Thursday, Jesus is arrested. Arrested, even though he did nothing wrong, he's taken and and put before a court and put, put before the the leaders, and they go. There's no way they're going to do anything with him. But no, they take him and then they flog him and beat him and they they did horrible horrible torture towards him. And then what happens? They go at any moment he's going to get himself out of this thing, but he doesn't. And a crown of thorns is placed on his head, excruciating pain, and then he brings them. To, they bring him to a cross where they lift him up, the the penalty for the worst of criminals, and they lift him up on Golgotha for the whole city to see. And they nail him to the cross, and his followers are looking at him going, at any moment, the angels are going to come down and and, and rescue him. We've seen he can do the miraculous. We're going to see it right now. But it doesn't happen. And they watch as he breathes his last breath there on the cross. Disappointment. Loss frustration that's friday that's saturday and then our story picks up today with sunday morning where they're still in frustration they're still dealing with loss and the bible gives us a unique perspective in the book of luke about the very first people who find out that jesus has been raised from the dead they're walking in disappointment. They're walking in loss like many of you guys are today. But I want you to see their story in Luke chapter 24. And it says it like this. and I think it's so amazing. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women. Now, who are these women? This is Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's another Mary named Mary Magdalene. Then there's a girl named Joanna. There's also some other women that were there. It shows us that even 2,000 years ago, women did not travel alone. They always traveled in packs. Come on. It's not just to the bathroom. It was also to the tomb. It's in the scriptures right there. So these ladies, they they get there, and what happens? They took spices that they had prepared, and they went to the tomb, and they found that the stone had been rolled away. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly, the Bible says, two men who were clothed in clothes that gleamed like lightning. you got to think, these are like the original Avengers. are sitting up there, freaking them out. And they stood beside them, and look at the response. It says, in their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, it says, Why do you look for the living amongst the dead? He is not here. He is risen. That powerful statement. And then he says this. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee. What he told you. So what did he tell them? He said to them on the first day of the week. He said the son of man must be delivered over in the hands of sinners. Be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And they remembered his words. They had this moment where they get there in their frustration and in their loss and they get to the tomb and they have this experience that I want you to have today. As Christians, how do we deal with loss? How do we deal when things are broken and things are hurt in our life? I want to show you some lessons from these ladies that very first day where they discover the tomb was empty. Here's the first one. It comes out of that first verse. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they prepared, and they went to the tomb. Now, this is interesting because the men, the disciples, were not there. What were they doing? They're in their room. They're, they're frustrated. They're sulking in their pain. They're having a pity party for themselves, but not these ladies. These ladies decided, in the midst of our pain, we're going to go to where the body is at. Here's what you do when you're dealing with loss. Number one, you can write it down, is that you return to God you return to God you don't stay by yourself you do not stay back you come to God with your pain I've done enough marriage counseling and connection with um, with marriages and relationships to realize that in every relationship there's normally one person is the avoider of conflict and one person is the confronter of all conflict in the relationship so let's do a little therapy today in all of our locations. Where are my avoiders of conflict? Can I see your hands right there? Yeah, yeah, I know you are. You're just like my wife. My wife is an avoider of conflict. She doesn't want to talk about it. She, she feels awkward. She doesn't want to do that. Now, where are my people? Where are the, I want to confront it head on? Come on. Some of y'all shot your hand up way too fast. Like I'm proud to do that. Let me encourage you. When dealing with pain, when dealing with loss, don't avoid God. Confront Him with your pain. He can deal with your loss. He can deal with your hurt. He can deal with your doubts. I wrote it down this way. In moments of crisis... Don't run from God, run to him. That is the call for you today. And I know a lot of you guys, you've been doing it your own way. Can I encourage you, run to God like these ladies did. Go to where he is at. Find that relationship with him. He can take care of your loss. The Bible says it this way, in Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Let me just tell you from all of our locations today, time will not heal your pain. Only God can. But I want you to know, He can heal it. He can resolve it. So each of these has a practical application. So let me give you a practical application of this for you today. Here's what it is right there in your notes. Surrender your life to Christ. Surrender your life to Christ. How do you return to God? You make a conscious decision to say, today's my day. I'm going to surrender my life to Christ. I'm going to give him my brokenness, I'm going to give him my pain, I'm going to give him my heartache, I'm going to give him my sin, and I'm going to bring it to him knowing God can do with it more than I can. I, I love what Paul says. He says, you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, but God, look what he did, God made you alive with Christ. Christ. So you might feel dead. You might like feel like it's over. That's what happened in the tomb. He made him alive, and he can make you alive. And I love this. He forgave us all of our sins. And what did he do with all of our sins? Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. And he's taken it away. And I want you to see this. this is what he did. He took your sins, and he nailed it to the cross. I don't know why you're carrying your sins anymore, but as for me, what I did with my sins is I surrendered my life to Christ, and he nailed it to the cross, and I am forgiving. Can we give him some praise today, church? That's what he does. You go, Aaron, but you don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand who I am. You don't understand. It's not that easy. I've made a lot of mistakes. Here's some good news. Ready? As Christians, we are no longer products of our past We are products of God's grace. That is your Easter takeaway today. That is what happens when we give our life to Christ. That's why the Bible says you become born again. You get a fresh start. And if you've never had that happen, or maybe it was years ago, and you've walked away, I want you to know today's your day. This is your moment. God brought you here for such a time as this to get you back to him. Can we give him some praise today, church? you got to return to God. But the story doesn't stop there because I love it because the women then they found the Bible says they found that the stone was rolled away, and look what it says and from the tomb and when they entered it they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus so they're looking around going okay where where's this body at let's solve this problem so that's like so many of you guys you try to just solve it yourself it doesn't work out and it says, it says but the men said to him it says why are you looking for the living among the dead. You don't, you're, you're trying to solve something in natural that can only be solved in the supernatural. He is not here, and then he says this powerful phrase, he has risen. What do you do when you're dealing with loss? Number one, you return to God. Number two, you learn to rely on God. You rely on God. You rely on a supernatural God to solve whatever the pain is that's in your life right now. These ladies had this moment where they realized, wait. This thing isn't gonna be resolved by us. He's risen. He's powerful. He's overcome. And I want you to know we serve a powerful God. Just a few weeks ago, I was going through my credit card statement because I felt like my credit card bill was a little higher than normal. And when I went through, I found all these charges. They're all from Apple, and they're all like $2.99, $4.99. I saw one that was $9.99. And I started getting all upset. I was, I mean, Katie and I were talking. We're like, I didn't make the purchase. Did you? No, you didn't make the purchase. Did I? We couldn't figure it out. And then the light bulb came on. Our kids. <laughs> you might not know about my family. I have five kids that are nine and under. And so they, they have access to my iPad so that, you know, they play once in a while a little game on the iPad. And I th- these are all free games. But they're free games with in-game purchases. And I'm like, how in the world did they know this? So I brought my kids in, and, and I had to sit down, and I said, hey, we got we to gotta talk. And I was really upset. I was like, how did you, how, uh, like, how did y'all do this? They're like, oh, well, you can purchase some stuff in the games. And, and I was like, well, how did you know about this? And how did you make it happen? Oh, well, we know your passwords. And I'm like, <laughs> so then I had like a, a really strong conversation with my children. <laughs> and I told them, I said, baby, you can't do that. Your parents, we, can't, we, don't, we don't just buy random stuff. They're like, well, why? Why can't you just put it on your credit card? I so said, because we have limits. Like, we have a budget. We're, we're restricted. We're blessed, but not blessed. so, so, so we, we can't just spend whatever we want to spend. And I want someone to know this today. Listen, your natural parents have limits. And you've seen it. You've seen how they've, they've failed in different ways, and they've struggled in other ways. Your spouse has limits. Your friends have limits. Your church has limits. It has flaws. It has boundaries. But I have good news for God's people today. Your heavenly father, the one that raised Jesus from the dead, has no limits. There's nothing impossible with him. He is victorious. And you need to know this because life will get tough. Even as Christians, it's tough. It's tough to follow God. It's tough to put God first. It's it's tough to have a godly marriage. It's tough to raise righteous children. It's tough to give generously. It's tough to to show up to church every week. It's tough to leave a legacy. I want you to know this. It's tough, but it is obtainable with our God. Here's what what Jesus said. He says, I have told you these things. I've told you that things are going to be tough. So that in me, you may have peace. And I want you to know you can have peace today. He goes, in this world, you will have trouble. And some of you are all like, duh. That's the last couple of years, right? We've had lots of trouble. But then Jesus responds with, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's what the ladies experienced 2,000 years ago. A God who overcame, and you can rely on him. Here's some good news. You can write it down right there in your notes. Because Jesus overcame, We can overcome. I don't know what it is in your life today that is struggling. But I'm telling you, if you will rely on God, if you'll bring it to him, watch how he can do a miracle in your life. So what's the practical application for this? The first one was that we surrender our life to Christ. Number two, here's your practical application, is that you need to learn to reprioritize your life. Because you got to reprioritize your life because whatever is first in your life is what you actually rely on. So if you're number one, it's all about me. I'm number one. I'm the king. I'm the queen. I'm in charge. I'm boss. Great. How's that working out for you? Because you got struggles. you got limitations. So you got to take yourself off the throne of your life and put something else there. And don't put him. Don't put her. Don't put that guy. Don't put that job. Don't put the government. Don't put them in charge. Here's what you do. You put God as a rightful place on the throne of your life. You reprioritize and say you're first in my life. So I wrote it down this way. It takes faith to put God first. It takes faith. That's the faith step. We rely on God. That's why we wear these little bracelets all over town. People wear them. Uh, we pray first. Pray first. I love seeing it. I see you all over town, and and, and what do I do? We spot each other We're like radiant. Wow! They're not like identification markers. That's not what they're for. Here's, here's what they're for. They're there to remind you to pray first. And some of you guys, this has kept you out of jail. You're welcome. Some of you, like, I, I know, because I hear this story. You're like, I was writing this status on Facebook. I was ready to destroy them. And then I look down and I see pray first. And I go, God, this is a bad idea, isn't it? You were picking up your phone to respond to that guy saying, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. And then you look down and you go, I haven't prayed about this. He's not even a believer. Why am I doing this? And then you decided not to go on the date. Why? Because you learn to pray first. What is that? That's relying on God. That's saying, I'm going to put him first. I'm going to put the supernatural God of the universe in charge of my life. that, That is why, by the way, that's why Sundays are so important. That's why what we do on Sundays is so important. Because Sunday is not the last day of the week. It's the first day of the week. So it's the way you start your week. And so what you do is, is you look at your week and you say, i got to prioritize my week. i got some work. I've got date night. I've got time with my kids. I've got, some, I've got golf. All those things are good. But you need to go, what's first in my life? And I love our church because we're not just an Easter church. We're an every week church where we say every Sunday we're going to come together and we're going to honor God first. We're going to give him the first part of our week. And what happens when you give God the first? He blesses the rest. Just something happens. You need to reprioritize your life. That's why we give first to God. We honor God with our giving. We give him first. Why? Because we know when we put God first in our finances, he takes care of the rest. A lot of you guys say you're living a life of faith. Here's what faith is. Faith is going, God, you are first. I'm going to rely on you first. And watch how he'll do the miracle in your life. We reprioritize our life to put God first. But then the story doesn't end there. And I've read this so many times over the years and never saw this last phrase. Look what it says. The story goes on. and says, he's not here. He is is risen. And then the angel responds to them and says, remember how he told you. Remember how he told you. And then it goes on to say, he says, while you're in Galilee, he goes, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised it again. And then look at verse eight. This is so crucial. And they remembered his words. How do you deal with loss in your life? Here's how you deal with loss. You return to God, you rely on God, and then here's the third one. Ready? You remember God's words. You remember God's words. Because you gotta remember. Like, I think these ladies, you gotta think they were around Jesus for three years. And for three years, Jesus was saying the same thing I've gotta go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to, get, I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to, go, I'm going to die. I'm going to die for humanity. But don't worry. I'm going to be raised again. And then guess what happens? He gets to Jerusalem. He gets arrested. He gets beaten. He dies. And they're all sitting there going, all hope is lost. Why? Because pain has a crazy way of blinding us to what is actually God saying in our life. When you're in pain, you don't remember what else is going on around you. Um, your pastor right now, um, I'm training for a marathon. So I've been training for three months. It's the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm not a runner. I don't like running. I'm very upset about this whole thing. And so the marathon is next weekend. It's next Saturday. So um, I will fly up to Nashville. I will uh, run on Saturday morning. And then I will uh, then end up uh, flying back Saturday night. And I will preach next Sunday morning. So... A lot of you guys might want to just show up to church next weekend just because it'll be interesting to see how I walk on the stage because it, I might be one of those cool preachers that just sits the whole time and just teaches God's word next week just because I, I, I have, uh, I don't know how it's going to turn out because I am in so much pain when I run. I'm so terrible at it. And so a lot of you guys, you've like seen me around town. Like you've honked at me, waved at me, Wow, there's Pastor and I'm just like, don't talk to me. Like... I forget. I have to, like, apologize. I've written some to y'all online afterwards going, I'm so sorry. I was in so much pain. I just could not respond. Like, I could not smile. I, I'm sorry. You're, you're saying he has risen. I'm going, get out of my way. And I should have said he is risen indeed. I'm sorry. Because pain blinds us. You stub your toe. You're thinking about your toe. You're not thinking about your 401K. And a lot of you guys listen to me at every location. You've gotten so hurt recently And you're so focused on the pain, you forgot the promises of God. Get your mind off the pain, get it back onto the promises. Here's what we do in our life we get spiritual amnesia. Here's what spiritual amnesia is it's that we forget what God has done and what God has said. And a lot of y'all are in the midst of your loss right now, and you're going, it's all over. It's never going to happen for me. It's never going to come through for me. And if you would just pause and remember what God has said. He's blessed you in the past. He's not failed you yet. Give it more time. The miracle is on the way. Can we give him some praise today, church? I love how Paul says it. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I pray that a light switch is turned on today. That you may know the hope which he has called you, the riches of the glorious inheritance of his holy people and the incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. This is what's available for our life. You don't get distracted by the pain. You focus on what God has said over your life. So how do we apply this practically? And here's the last one we're going to close. is simply this. is that you don't just surrender your life to Christ and reprioritize your life. But here's the third one. is you become a student of the promises of God. This is why we are a note-taking church. This is why we're in our Bible reading plan every single day. And we're going through the Bible together as a church. Why? Because the Bible is packed full of all of what God has said about us. And in a world that is so hurt and so terrible at times, you've got to hold on to remember what God has said. I wrote down four of them. I put the references in the notes. You can see them on the app too. It's some of the promises some of y'all need to remember today. These are four I hold on to all the time, especially when I'm in the middle of pain. Here's the promise of you're never alone. Scriptures are very clear. You are never alone. I want you to know you might feel alone. God's with you in the midst of whatever you're going through right now. He's with you. And if you don't, you go, well, I don't have anybody. Let me tell you, you have an amazing church family you need to get connected with. You will not do this thing alone. We are together in this thing. We are never alone. Here's the other one that you need to understand that all pain has a purpose. I want you to get that. I don't understand it all at times. I don't understand the diagnosis. I don't understand why the person dies. I don't understand it. But I will understand it one day. And whether that's a year from now or 10 years from now or on the other side of eternity, eventually we will understand that all of our pain had a purpose. You can trust your God in this. Here's a third one, is that death is not the end. Some of y'all need to understand that because you're so distraught, but you understand because Jesus overcame the grave. Death is not the end. We have eternity on the other side of this thing. And here's the last one you can get is that heaven is our hope and is our home. When you're dealing with loss we have just such a hope that, you know what, one day we're going to get to heaven. And we're going to be able to spend it for eternity together. We have that hope. We have that joy. We are not simply a citizen of this nation. We are a citizen of heaven. We have that hope. So I need to encourage some people today that you feel like everything is lost. God's brought you here. Here's your challenge. Return to God. Reprioritize your life, put them first, and remember the promises of God. God is not done with you yet, and no matter what you're going through, He can turn it around. Check out this story.
0: All right, my Hold on, hold on. I gotta you. Hold on. One second. All right, ready? Um, dear Lord, we just thank you for. You know, we were just married with kids and to kind of just there. You know, have at the, the point, point we were at, we're like, this has to be something more. This can't be it. And together through all the things we have been through thank you for this breakfast and i pray that we
2: just coming out of that i understand why we had to go through what we did
0: so paul and i met in 2013. we have five children together so we'll do writing first and then we'll do science
2: I didn't want kids originally, and then I had my first letter, and I was like, that's it, no more. Like that. Five kids later, and I'm like, I wouldn't change it for anything.
0: When Paul and I first got together, that was great. Paul and I, though, quickly fell into arguing a lot. A lot of tension between the two of us. Always turmoil, actually, in our marriage. There always was.
2: Being in a split household with someone that, from the moment you saw them, you were like, I'm gonna marry them, I'm gonna love them. And then just being filled with a hate and anger, it's it's hell on earth, that's what it is.
0: I did have an affair. Um, that was, it was really hard time. I've never thought of doing that before. And uh, I did. What I had done to our marriage, I was shocked to find he would do the same thing.
2: Out of like, anger and and just hurt, you know, had an affair of my own, so it was was two wrongs, not making a right. Everything we were trying to do on our own, we were solving life ourselves is what we thought. We were making it work. I
0: was very unhappy. I wanted something more, I just didn't know what it was. So we found out about it from a co-worker of my husband's.
2: And I remember when we showed up, it, it felt different.
0: I remember sitting in that service, the very first service, and at the end, you know, Pastor said, you know, everyone, close your eyes and raise your hand if you want to give your life. Something stirred in me enough to just raise my hands. And it's just raising your hands. Like, if you think about it, it's just something so small. But that was the first moment where I was like, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life.
2: A couple Sundays ago, a month ago, I heard the faintest of voices say to me, like, it's time to stop pretending. You you still try to do things on your own sometimes. You still try to be the driver of life. When they baptized me and I came out of that water, it, I mean, it felt like life was different.
1: Oh, you good?
0: Yeah.
2: All right, why don't you tell everybody, tell everybody your name and tell everybody why you're getting baptized
1: today.
0: My name is Holly Jacobs. I'm getting baptized because I love Jesus. And he has done so much for me, for my family, for my children. And if he can do that, I can do this.
1: All right, because of that decision, we are gonna baptize you now. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
0: What excites me about the future is that I have a future. I'm not so sure i did before i just love that our children kind of knew who god was and jesus was but now they really know they love him they love him
2: there's nothing you could do in this world that's going to make god love you more or less than he does already and all we have to do is just just keep following him. just keep following after jesus a life worth living for Wow, wow, wow,
1: wow, wow. What a story of God's faithfulness. Amen? I don't know what's lost in your life. I don't know what's broken in your life. But I believe firmly that God brought you to church today. You're tuning into this message right now. Because there's life available after loss because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. My favorite Easter verse in all the Bible, Romans 8, 11, it says, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. I don't know what's dead inside of you, but I know it can be given life right now because his spirit lives in you. And I'm just a firm believer that if you'll surrender it to God today, if you'll come to him with your brokenness and say, God, I give you all of me you'll see that that same power that resurrected Jesus 2,000 years ago will come into your situation and will change your situation for the good. There is life after your loss. Can we give them some praise today, church? Your last note is right there in your notes. It simply says this, the resurrection of Jesus wasn't just an event to celebrate, which we love to celebrate but I think it goes even another step further. It is a power to be experienced. I think it's why God brought you to church today. There's a power that can be experienced to change your life. But it starts with that first point. Return to God. Surrender your life to Him. This is your moment of salvation right now where everything changes. Every eye closed. Every head bowed across all of our locations, nobody moving around. This is the most important time in somebody's life. And if that's you today, I want you to know God loves you and has a plan for your life. Our sin has separated us from God. It separates us from God's purpose. But God brought a solution to our sin. His name was Jesus. He came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died a horrific death. But three days later, he rose again, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And you can be victorious now because of that. So now the ball's in your court. It's time for you to respond. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to make a bold decision. And here's how you're going to make it. You're going to make it by throwing that hand up and saying, Aaron, today's my day to return to God. Today's my day to surrender my life to Christ. And I believe God will see that hand, but more importantly, he'll see your heart and he'll meet you right there in that seat and your life will forever be changed. This is your moment to go all in with God. Ready, on the count of three, this is your step. Ready, one, two, be bold by throwing that hand up. Three, if that's you, throw that hand up right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Dozens and dozens in this room. Thank you at Brandon. Come on, throw that hand up, put it right back down. Thank you at North Tampa, at the Heights, Clearwater, St. Pete, those online. So many people just made that decision now let's confess it with our mouth let's say a prayer but let's really mean it with our heart right now say dear jesus come on everybody say dear jesus today i give you my life thank you for dying for me forgive my past my present and my future and for the rest of my life i'm gonna follow you be my lord and be my savior in jesus name we pray and everybody that believes it says Come on, can we celebrate those who just made the best decision ever? Here's what you're going to do. I told you guys at the beginning on that Easter survey that there's a spot on the back. I want everybody to take it out at every location right now. And on the very back, it says, my decision today. And there's four options. And we put four options on there. You know why? Because there's an option for every single person in this room. So the first one is, you're already a Christian. You're already a follower of Jesus. You can check on there. I'm just continuing my relationship with God. It's just, I'm continuing this thing. The second one is for a bunch of people in this place today that recommitted their life to Christ. We celebrate you. Maybe you were following the Lord as a kid and you've... You've you've gone away. This is your return. I want you to check on there. We're going to help you take some next steps. The third group that's in this room, and I know I'm so excited. You're joining us at one of our locations. It's those who are committing their life to Christ for the first time. I want you to know all of heaven is celebrating you. So you be bold right now. You check that box right there. I'm committing my life for the first time. And then the last one is a group of people who say, you know what? I have no intentions of following Christ you go, Aaron, why would you put that on a box? Here's why, because we said there was a box for everybody. And we know somebody got dragged here and didn't wanna be here, but I want you to be bold. Check on that box. We, every year we have a couple dozen people that fill out that box and say, that's me. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm not gonna call you. I'm not gonna show up at your house, knock on your window. Hey, I know what you said. What I am gonna do is I'm gonna pray for you. And I believe God will make his spirit so real in your life I am believing sometime, maybe it's next Easter, maybe it's the next few months, that you're going to have a moment where you're able to check that second box, that third box, and say, I'm committing my life to Christ for the very first time. All right, about five more seconds. Everybody's filling it out. Everybody's checking the box. Ready? Awesome. A lot of people just click, check those two boxes, those middle two boxes. That's a big deal. I know all of heaven is already celebrating, but can we join them? Can we celebrate those who just made the best decision ever? Come on, Radiant Church.
0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.